There are a lot of tools, a lot of practices along this healing journey, and some of them seem to make a lot of sense. Some of them really don't. A lot of them can feel frustrating at times because you don't necessarily see much improvement or sometimes any improvement at all using them. One of the practices that I talk about all the time is journaling. But what does that really mean? How do you use it in a way that is actually healing? Well, let's talk about it. Welcome to the Courageous Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Peggy Oliveira, former trauma therapist and survivor of childhood trauma. I am so glad you're here. Grab your favorite beverage, get settled in, and let's take this journey together. So I recently talked about meditation and how meditation works in this healing process. And one of the things that I encourage people here on YouTube, and certainly when I'm working with them one-on-one, is to journal. In my groups, part of what I do often is share journal prompts. Because writing out things helps us connect with what is present. And when I say what is present, I'm talking about both in our thoughts, in our bodies, and where things tend to take us because one thing leads to another, right? You might start with one thought or idea, one feeling, and the thoughts and the feelings continue to kind of grow. One leads into the next. Journaling is about being able to really understand and recognize what is present for you. So how do you use it then in a way that helps you heal? Because becoming aware of what is present for you is important, but it certainly isn't the whole thing, right? There's a lot that you need to do with that for healing. So in my work, my individual work with people, I will, even from our very first conversation, so before we've even met, I will often have people journal after our phone conversation. So I will encourage them to just notice what feels present for them, for them. any fears, any excitement, any sense of relief, any resistance that comes up. Noticing what is present in their body. Are they feeling constricted? Are they feeling kind of energized? Maybe numb? All of that is information. And it can actually be really important information. It can be information that's helpful for me if I know what is present for them. But it's really helpful information for you. Because the more connected we are to ourselves, the more awareness that we have, the more able we are to address the things that are coming up on a regular basis that are affecting not only how we feel, but what we do from that place of feeling. Because that's where a lot of the struggle gets bigger. It's where more struggle is often created. So, for example, as I was just saying, what I will have people do even after our first phone call, when we then meet, I will often ask them what came up for them. 
Because when we're able to address the things that came up for them, when we're able to presence it and maybe explore what is there, that's part of the processing. It's part of connecting within, but with the, with the processing itself, not only does it help alleviate any sort of fears or anxieties that are there, not that they completely go away, but it helps, but you're addressing the things that are likely present for you in a lot of situations, but you just may not notice, or you might dismiss it, might even tell yourself that you're making a big deal out of nothing. So that kind of stuff is really helpful in the therapeutic process. And people never have to share anything specific with me, and they certainly don't have to share anything that they don't want to share. But I will often ask people, what came up for them? What did they notice when they reflected on something in particular? And sometimes people will share with me, like actually read to me what they've written in their journal. But sometimes they don't, and neither one is right or wrong. It can vary for a lot of different reasons. But when you are connecting with what is present for you, just in writing it down, so you're, you become aware of what's present, you, t- you do the act of writing it down. And I always think that writing, putting pen to paper or pencil, whatever it is, to paper, you're going to get the most out of it. Yes, you can type, and there is benefit in that if writing is not available to you. But writing helps you process better on different levels. You also can't write as quickly as you think. So for most of you watching this, you might notice being in the middle of a thought, and suddenly you're on to the next thought. And in the middle of that thought, you're on to the next thought. And they might all be connected, but they could also be different. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the reality of what it means to be a thinking human, particularly if you're struggling with something. But when you're writing it down, you're more connected to the thing that you're writing. You're more present with it. So that's part of what is helpful in being able to become more aware and also process. So I will often encourage people to journal every day. And it can just be in a notebook, any sort of notebook. It can be just on a random piece of paper, though I generally wouldn't recommend that because I think it's nice to have a very specific and intentional space to do the journaling. But if that's what you've got available to you, then by all means, use what you've got available to you. But I will encourage people to think about what is the best time of day for you to do this so that you can begin to do it on a regular basis and have it become a habit. Because it's not something that comes really naturally or easily for most people. Not for some, it certainly might. But I think for a lot of people, even just the thought of sitting and writing can feel kind of overwhelming, might feel intimidating. It might bring up fear around feeling exposed, even if nobody else reads it, but certainly that somebody else might read it. It might even bring up some shame if there's any shame around what you tend to think or feel. 
writing about that, any of those things that I just mentioned, that can be part of what you journal. Because that is something that would be helpful to be able to really understand and process. Because it's not just a fear of journaling, right? It's not just a fear that somebody's going to see what you write at that particular time. There's bigger issues behind that. So everything, anything that comes to mind, anything that you notice happening in your body, all of that is good information to have. And when you're journaling, generally speaking, I think it's important to remember that it isn't about needing to do it like right, whatever that might mean. You don't need to worry about spelling. You don't need to worry about punctuation. You don't even need to worry about how it sounds. Now, you might feel like that does matter to you because you want to be able to go back and read it. But when we're talking about journaling for healing, what's most important is that you are able to connect and express. The act of that, that itself is quite healing. So when you can let go of the idea that you need to be able to read it, or that certainly somebody else would need to be able to read it, or getting caught up on proper language usage or spelling, that kind of thing, that can be a kind of a convenient excuse in a way to not do it. So try to let all of that go and just let that pen move across the page. Whatever is present in your mind, and if you happen to go you're in the middle of writing one thing and suddenly something else comes to mind, generally speaking, I would say that that's okay and just go with it. Really, for the most part, I would say go with it because where your mind ultimately takes you, again, when we're talking about journaling for healing, where your mind ultimately takes you is often going to be a significant thing that's kind of at a, you know, when I talk about the layers, it likely is going to be one of the things at kind of a base layer. Not always, but oftentimes it can be. Now, you might find that you're in the middle of writing something and suddenly you think about needing something for dinner. And that's where your mind goes. Obviously, that is not. But recognizing, right, if you actually write that down, okay, now I'm thinking about dinner. You can begin to see patterns because you're acknowledging that that's happening. And the next time that you're journaling, does something similar happen? Again, that is helpful information. Particularly if you are working with a therapist, being able to talk about the things that are coming up in your journaling. If there are patterns that you're noticing, things that you start to write about and then find either you get distracted and you stop journaling or your mind suddenly goes to something else. All of that can be really beneficial information to have for this healing journey because it can often point to areas that maybe there's more struggle around, areas that you might feel a little bit of resistance to addressing. And that, again, is helpful information. Making a habit out of journaling is, I think, helpful 
And it can also be important because what often will happen for people is when they're, well, when they're struggling maybe a little bit more, they might be less inclined to journal. Once it becomes a habit and you get into just the rhythm of doing it every day, like maybe after you wash your face at night or first thing in the morning, whatever it is, when you get into the habit of that, it becomes much more natural. And anything that feels more natural typically is going to be a little bit easier to continue to do. And you're likely going to feel a little less resistance to doing it because it just becomes part of your normal experience in your day. So with journaling, it can be just a very blank thing. You might find that in addition to writing, you find yourself doodling, and that's okay too. It really can be, generally speaking, anything that you want it to be. You can write about anything that feels present for you, no matter what it is. There are times that I think that like a guided journal can be really beneficial. For one, if you do struggle with getting pen to paper and you're not sure what to write, and let me go back for a second, even just starting your journaling for that day with, I don't know what to write, I think this is stupid, I don't know why I'm doing this, that is actually perfectly okay to write. Really, I know it might seem crazy, but it really is because there's resistance. And resistance isn't necessarily a bad thing. Obviously, it's not that helpful in the healing journey, but that is a reality for basically everybody. But if you start writing, I don't know what to say, I think this is silly or stupid, whatever it is, once you start writing, even if you keep repeating the same thing over and over again for the first 10 things that you write, you're likely going to end up writing something else. Unless there's a part of you that is so resistant that you won't allow yourself to write anything else down to kind of prove, so to speak, that it's not going to be helpful. But doing that day after day, you will eventually start writing what is really present for you. So I do want to say that. I think that that's important. You can write that you have nothing to write. That can get you started. So with a guided journal, whatever that might look like, obviously it's giving you prompts of some sort. And so that can help you get started with something. And again, it kind of depends on whether you're working with a therapist and the therapist has suggested a journal for a very specific reason and suggested that you only do what's in the guided part of it. But even in a guided journal, if you find that your mind is going somewhere else, generally speaking, I would say, let your mind go wherever it's going to go. You can come back to the prompt and try to address whatever that prompt was, but don't like erase whatever you might have written. And that's another thing about journaling in general. I would generally encourage people not to erase and not to cross things out. Now, maybe you identify it as instead of crossing it out, maybe you just put like a little asterisk by it. Maybe you underline it put in parentheses or something if you want to be able to recognize that that's something that you didn't necessarily mean to say or 
you're not sure where it came from or something like that. But generally speaking, I would encourage people not to cross things out and not to erase. So if your mind takes you off of something away from that prompt, that's perfectly okay. Just try to come back to it and notice what is present for you. Are you feeling like you don't have an answer? Is it making you feel uncomfortable? Those are things that are helpful to identify as well. And ideally, even writing them down. So like if you have a prompt that says something along the lines of, what stood out today that made you feel uncomfortable? And maybe nothing at all is coming to mind, or maybe you find that your mind kind of takes you off into a place that you don't necessarily want to go, brings up some difficult feelings potentially. Even if you don't answer the prompt specifically, writing, I'm noticing I'm feeling this, or I'm noticing that this is happening, that is all really helpful information. And I would say, generally speaking, now I, again, if you're working with a therapist, that therapist might want you to do something very, very specific. But generally, even if you're doing a very specific type of guided journal or workbook, When you notice what is present and you can write what is present for you, it's still relevant to the work that you're doing. Even if what you write doesn't seem to have anything to do with that prompt, that prompt brought up something for you, and that's what it brought up. And again, helpful information. It's helpful information for you in part because when something like that happens, It helps you recognize how your mind can tend to go off in a different direction or how quickly it can happen, how something like that, whatever that prompt is, can make you think about whatever this is, which can then lead you to this, whether it's a feeling or a behavior, some sort of reaction. And all of that is important information. That is related to the principles behind cognitive behavioral therapy. And I know that there are a lot of people, particularly that talk about trauma, that talk about cognitive behavioral therapy not being helpful in trauma. And I would absolutely agree, actually, that cognitive behavioral therapy on its own is not going to heal trauma. No specific modality is going to heal trauma on its own. None. But because we are thinking, feeling, doing humans, being able to understand our experiences and the thoughts and feelings and beliefs that they create and how that cycles through, what it creates and what it leaves for us, that is really important information for us to have. So much of the purpose in doing these videos is so that people can begin to understand themselves more, right? Because when we understand ourselves more, well, it does a lot of things, really. One is it can help you feel less alone and reduce shame, which is incredibly important. But as you begin to recognize what's happening in your thought process, what's happening when you have an experience that it makes you feel a certain way, or maybe just any way, and that causes you to do something or not do something, Being able to see how all of that plays out is really important because we can't change things if we're not aware that it's happening. We can't really 
change things, even if we're aware, but we don't really understand the mechanisms that's creating that. Because so much of the struggle that we have in the world within ourselves, which shows up in our relationships with other people and in our interactions generally with other people, it's automatic. We don't contemplate it. We don't weigh the pros and cons. There are things that we experience that creates a feeling and the feeling creates a reaction. And it happens like that, maybe even quicker than that. So all of that is about helping you connect the dots. Because once those dots are connected, you get to see the whole picture. And so much of the struggle that we experience is seeing all these random dots, thinking that they should make sense, but we have no idea what it's supposed to mean. We have no idea what to do with it. I'm thinking about an actual like book of connect the dot exercises, and they're numbered, right? If you think back to if you ever did those as a kid, they're numbered. Because if you just had a bunch of random dots and you had to figure out how to actually connect them, like in what order to connect them, I think for most people, unless it's a very, very, like something that's meant for like a four-year-old, you're likely going to mess some things up in that. If there's just a bunch of random dots there, you're likely not going to be able to create the thing that was intended to be created. And what's happening internally within our mind and our heart and our body, because they're not always on the same page, so to speak, being able to understand that, being able to connect all these seemingly disconnected things helps us see the full picture, helps us see ourselves from a place of compassion and understanding. And from there, we have less resistance. We're able to kind of moderate a little bit more the intensity of feeling that we might have in different types of experiences. And journaling is a really helpful way to do that. I also want to acknowledge that particularly if you're not used to journaling, you're not used to really expressing how you feel or what you think, if you start journaling, you might find your feelings of things that you've not really allowed yourself to feel before. And while that can feel concerning and difficult, I would say that almost all the time, it's actually going to be a good thing. Now, it's important that you honor yourself and how you're feeling and Maybe you need to take a break. Maybe you need to connect with somebody. Uh, maybe you need to do something good for yourself, practice a little self-care, self-compassion. So recognizing that it can bring up some difficult stuff, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can actually be a really positive and healing thing. So whatever way that you want to journal, it's good. There's no right or wrong. There's no right kind of journal whether it's just a blank piece of paper or something that is really specific and guided, all of it can be beneficial to you, even when it doesn't necessarily feel like it. And if you are really on this healing journey and you're working with a therapist, bringing things that come up in your journal into the therapy room 
is typically going to be pretty helpful. Now, depending on your therapist, they may or may not think that that's a good idea. But if you're working on healing from trauma, if the person doesn't think it's a good idea or says that they don't really think that's a good thing to do, honestly, that would probably be a little concerning to me. Because for anybody, right, if you think about therapy, even if you go to therapy more than once a week, the time that you spend in therapy is just a tiny fraction of your hours in your week, even your day, right? So your life is happening outside of that therapy room. You're faced with different kinds of things. You're reacting to different kinds of things. Those automatic thoughts which are connected to the core beliefs are coming up in lots of different types of scenarios. So your life is happening, your continued struggle, the continued reinforcement of beliefs, your difficulty in setting boundaries, whatever it is, all of that is happening for the most part outside of that therapy room. So being able to talk about what is happening in your life when you're not in therapy, in the therapy room, can be really beneficial. Thank you so much for spending this time and sharing this space with me. Together we heal. Make sure to subscribe, and if you haven't yet, make sure to leave a review. I'll look forward to connecting with you next time.